But I always I tell them just like just do it. Like start one and just start doing it right. and do it right. consistently. And the first ones are gonna suck. Like you're gonna be bad at it, but mm-hmm. just keep doing it and you'll get better. The thing I love the most about Austin FC is like how much there's like the cultural component of it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it was just the game, like I love the game and I would be interested in it no matter what. This is one more. Welcome to Otra Por Favor. Otra this por is favor. Coque Martinez. This is David. How are you, Coque? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited. Uh, we have a very uh, special guest today. Special uh, couple guests we're very honored to have on our podcast. You guys might know him from the Moon Tower podcast. That's, that's the reason we're bringing them on the show, to get to know them a little bit more and let them tell their story. So without further ado, I'll... Leave it to you guys for introductions. Hey, y'all. I'm Landon Cottom from Moon Tower Soccer. And uh, I'm Jeremiah Bentley from Moon Tower Soccer. We, I mean, we're excited to join you guys and talk about the show and talk about Austin FC and all these things we love. Thanks for having us down. Thanks for letting us have some wine. Yeah. And yeah. let's get into it. For sure, for sure. I, like I said, we were talking earlier, the, the way that Moon Tower uh, fits into the landscape of podcasts is every time I listen to the show, I feel like I'm stepping into my favorite class and we're about to go over some of my favorite <laughs> topics. So I definitely appreciate what you guys do, but um, just wanted to start off like a simple question. How are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling? How's the week going for y'all? Pretty good for me. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife is starting to travel for work again, so I'm oh, okay. just hanging out at home by myself with the dog pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's good. No, I've, I, my kids had COVID. Uh, oh, like two weeks ago yeah. and they were fine. So my, my older one, he was like asymptomatic and he thought it was the most magical 10 days of his life. Cause yeah. he just got to no sit school. at home in his room and yeah, not yeah. go to school and play video games. So yeah. <laughs> we're past that and just kind of back out in the world and enjoying it. Right on, right on. Yeah. It's been really weird to, um, navigate in this world of COVID or anything, anything like that. I'm glad your kid's fine and I'm glad you're here. You guys are here with us today. So, um, what do you guys, uh, can you t- tell us a little bit about what Moon Tower uh, podcast is for s- some of our listeners who might not be familiar? Yeah, so you you said it felt like going to class. I yeah. hope it's not too much, like, too much homework for anybody, but um, I, I've talked pretty openly about this as being based, like, kind of the idea of the show being based on a national show called The Total Soccer Show, mm-hmm. uh, where they kind of, they do a lot of research, do their homework, bring facts to the table and kind of um, keep hot takes to a minimum and try to do research and try to understand the game better and understand why things are happening better. And that's the energy that we're trying to bring to Austin soccer with, uh, with moon tower soccer. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we still give our opinions and and talk about things like more fun things, Mm -hmm. but I'd say like the basis of the show is trying to inform an audience that's just learning about MLS. Awesome. That's good stuff, man. Uh, no, definitely. I think um, every time I've I've listened to, to one of your episodes, um, being a soccer player, growing up being a soccer player in, in the world of soccer, you get kind of like an arrogance of the game. Like you think you know everything, 
But no, really, it's been a humbling experience because uh, especially with the MLS formatting being oh, quite man. differently from other leagues, <laughs> man, we can talk about that all day. And I think we did try to talk about it all day at some point. And um, it, it was a conversation that was difficult to, to <laughs> yeah, keep we, going. We really didn't know about what to talk about, but we, we tried. <laughs> yeah, it gets confusing for sure. And that's, I mean, that's one thing that, I mean, you know, we all come soccer in different places, right? And we played and I, I followed Premier League for a long time, but like MLS is this very unique like a different animal unto mm-hmm. itself, and it helps. I think it helps enjoy the game if you kind of understand the way that the way that the league works and how things happen. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to share. Because I don't, none of it's, I mean, terribly logical. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, right? There's yeah. all these weird little rules, and I spend so much time like on the MLS website looking at roster designations and, and like all these kinds of things. But they're, they, they may matter, you know, to like how Austin FC is going to like be good or bad or, or you know or not or whatever. And so that's what we try to bring to it is kind of a fresh eye and kind of a um. We've, we neither of us have been MLS fans for, I think for super long. So we're in some way like learning it as we yeah, go along, yeah. you know, I mean, I got into it when we found out Austin was going to have a team before it was really hard for me. Cause like, I've got like Liverpool versus Manchester United, or I've got San Jose versus Montreal, you know, which one am I going to watch, you know? And so that's been a, just picking that up and learning it. And then just like kind of sharing what we're learning has been really rewarding. Right on. It's, it's, it's crazy. That you say that. Cause it, it is tough for us. Like you said, for me too, I, I, before Austin FC, I had never watched MLS, like a game. Uh, and once we had the team, you know, I was lo- trying to learn the process, trying to learn, learn the rules and all the stuff like that. And and like you said, we're learning as we go. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, how how you guys decided to create Moon Tower. Why, why Moon Tower? Why, why create a podcast? Yeah, uh, you want to tell this story? Because I feel like we've, it's... We've told it sometimes, and it changes a little bit. I think there's, like, a long version and a short version. Yeah, we (laughs) give you whichever one you want. So we were both involved with um, kind of, like, the minute that there started being rumors about an MLS team coming to town. Jeremiah and I both kind of got involved with uh, the group that would become Austin Anthem. And so it was a very small group of people just, like, excited about the chance of getting MLS, uh, MLS soccer here. And so we got involved with that a lot of those guys had a podcast running already mm-hmm. and they were uh, trying to kind of shake it up and get some more people in and just like whoever showed up, you're on the show that week. And after a while it got to where like Jeremiah and I were the ones that were kind of like the ones showing up every week. And so we're like, okay, we're on, we're on the show. And after a while it's like, okay, this is, this is kind of our show. Mm-hmm. And then after a bit, we kind of decided that we wanted to, like have our own independent thing that wasn't connected to a supporters group and um, just, yeah, just have a bit more freedom with what we wanted the show to be. And so uh, we decided to do that. And that was how long ago? That was June of 2020. Well, I mean, it was a very specific reason that we needed to do our own. Cause I, I quit Austin Anthem, which made it very hard yeah. to do the Austin <laughs> Anthem podcast, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. like I was on it. And one of the things that like made it, cause we were, we had done probably 15 episodes of that show together and kind of gotten to where we sort of, when we had a rhythm, we kind of knew what we wanted to do and what we didn't want to do. And one of the things that's really important to us is to just be like what we think is the best Austin FC podcast. Like there's a lot of other really good MLS podcasts and Premier League podcasts and World Soccer podcasts and stuff like that. We never wanted to do that. We always had a vision for being like the voice of Austin. Um, and But yeah, when I left Anthem, I was like, oh, so I guess I don't get to do a podcast anymore unless I right. convince Landon to like, you know, <laughs> right. come along and find a separate thing. And so we found... Um, it was Capital City Soccer in like June of 2020, 
which is a website. They, it was like a website, and they'd post news stories, but they didn't have a podcast. We had a mm-hmm. podcast. We had no interest in, like, writing. Um, and so it made a good it made a good um, connection. And we did that for, like, six or seven months and then came up with this came up with the Moon Tower name. And, and that was kind of driven the by the Striker Texas. Yeah. They, they asked us to come on as their – as their Austin FC podcast, but we'd like just changed the name and were attached to this other website. And so we felt terrible. Like <laughs> the capital city guys, like they're great and they're still doing really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're just like, Oh crap. We have to <laughs> like change the name again. So can, can you tell us a little bit about the striker for those of our uh, audience who don't, don't know or aren't familiar with the striker? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, essentially Texas soccer coverage. And so, there's dedicated writers to each of the three MLS teams. There's uh, folks who write about lower league stuff, women's soccer, college soccer. They do some high school stuff every once in a while. So um, it's a subscription-based service, mm-hmm. but it's not, not that expensive. I think it's like five bucks a month or something. So mm-hmm. for like the type of coverage you get, um, especially compared to like what's available yeah. elsewhere, it's it's really great. And so we we're, were honored whenever they came to us and asked us to be a part of it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, cheaper than only. Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't know which one you're subscribing to, but yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, and they and the, another good thing that they do is they they have like they have a Dallas based writer, they have a Houston based writer, and they have an Austin based writer, and they send people to every like every home game mm-hmm. and every away mm-hmm. game. So it's like it's people are going and like seeing the games in person and writing about the games. It's not just sitting at home and watching right. it on TV or whatever. But they really have made a commitment to being unique in the, in this space as far as like a commitment to having people out on the road and watching soccer. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool hearing how uh, your podcast is formed in a very organic way, and you guys have been at the uh, Austin FC cookout for a while now. <laughs> you guys have been uh, a part of the part of the fan base organizations and kind of developed into your own thing. Um, can you recall some of, like, the earlier challenges when you were starting out to do your own, like, Moon Tower podcast? I'd say one of the, the reasons that we started so early is we wanted to be good by the time the team started playing, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like we're going to make a bunch of episodes and some of them are going to be okay and some of them aren't. But, like, by the time that the season starts, we'll kind of know what we're doing. I and mean, that, was, that was sort of the vision for that. So we started doing it every every two weeks, maybe every three weeks, and then yeah, every two. And then we and we got into the – sort of got into the rhythm. Um, and as far as, like, mistakes that we made, you know, I don't – I don't know if I have anything that was like really bad. I mean, one of the things that we try, one of the things that we try to do is like when we have guests, we have them for a reason. And like, I always come up with this idea, like Landon, we can give this like we can get this famous person on the show. He's like, but yeah, but what's this? Like, what's it going to contribute, gonna, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. what what do they have to bring to the table and stuff? And he's like, we try to be intentional about making sure that if we're going to have somebody on, there's like a reason to do it, and they're adding to the conversation. Yeah, and I think the like I've I've had other folks ask me like. What's your advice? for? I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What's your advice? And not that we're necessarily the best people to give advice about starting a podcast, but I, always, I tell them just like, just do it. Like start one and just start doing it right, and do it right. consistently. And the first ones are going to suck. Like you're going to be bad at it, but mm-hmm. just keep doing it and you'll get better. And like, yeah. and I've seen that you guys have put out a lot of stuff now are doing it consistently. And that's the best thing that you can do to get better is just yeah. do it. Yeah. Right on. There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And I think, um, one of our biggest uh, fires under uh, underneath us is definitely Richie. He's definitely been advocating that same thing. Just just do it. You have an idea, yeah, do he's it. The brain. He's don't the wait brain for, for don't sure. wait for me to like say oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Nah, just go for it. So yeah. that's cool to hear you guys say that too. Um, 
if you, if you guys don't mind, let's take a little step back. Um, can you, can y'all tell us like what brought y'all to the game? You know, what experience you have with the with the game of football, and like what what it is that you love about it so much now in in the present time. You want to start that one. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start that one. So I think like any small child, like I grew up, you know, you play soccer when you're a kid, and then at least in Texas, right, you drift away from it and you play American football, right? I mean, that's that's what I did. So I played football through high school, um, and. I mean, I just, I'm just like a sports guy, right? So you watch World Cup, national team, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it was actually when my oldest son was born, like babies don't sleep. And uh, so like six in the morning when you get up on a weekend, like what's on? Premier League's on, right? You know, it's so, like I fell in love with Premier League and fell in love with Liverpool from watching that um, and really got back into the game after a long time out of it. And it's just, it's such a good, I mean, you y'all know. I mean, you, you talked about like growing up and playing. I mean, y'all know this. Like, it's su- it's such a good sport. Now, sometimes I'm like, I should have like stuck with it. Like, it never drifted away from it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I mean, the flow is the flow is great. The community's great. Like, the passion is awesome. The I have grown to appreciate the fact that a game is starts and ends in two hours. Now, you know, because mm-hmm. like you watch a <laughs> college you know, football you know, game, games like four or five hours. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a, uh, the Texas OU game last year. Like, I had to drive to Dallas. And like got stuck and it was a four hour drive and like the game was going when I left Austin oh, and the game God. was still going when I got to <laughs> Dallas, right? You know, and it's just that's crazy. And there's so much downtime too, right? Because that's like you know, the average football got there's like 13 minutes of action or something. So I think I've just like grown to appreciate the sport even more now as an adult, and that that's what I love about it. Yeah, for me, I similar background. Like we are both from pretty small towns, and I'm from up in the like the Texas Panhandle, and soccer was not. Even, like even as a kid, like I couldn't play soccer. It was not an option to play, mm-hmm. and so I think the the only way I could have is like driving twenty minutes, and I could have played until I was like ten or something, and then it just would have ended again. But um, my like my interest in soccer started because of my interest in traveling. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to be able to study abroad when I was in college and cool. was in Spain. And so I, what part? I was in Barcelona. Oh. <clears throat> What better place? To yeah. Be? <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, I don't know anything about soccer. Uh, I had watched, I think, in two thousand eight. I think the Euros were on, and one of my friends was really into it. <laughs> one of my friends was really into it, so we watched the Euros together. And that was like the first soccer I'd ever watched. And then in two thousand ten is when I got to study abroad. I was like, I don't know anything about this place. I don't know anything about soccer, but it's important to them there. And so I started doing research about FC Barcelona and, like, getting into that. I was like, oh, apparently the best player in the world plays for them. I should learn about him. Uh, I should, like, just learn about this sport because it's culturally important to these people. Yeah. And that's why I kind of started paying attention. I was like, oh, this is actually very cool. And that that team in 2009, 2010, that Barca team was, like, beast team. They're, they're yeah. good but, like, yeah. easy to like as <laughs> yes. well. They're, like, they're fe- fielding, like, seven to ten local players right, on right, a given right. game and so a lot of fun and then it came back and the world cup was that summer and so i spent all summer watching Spain the world won cup that year, didn't they? uh they did yeah 2010 yeah. 2010 wow. yeah so like some of my guys that i <laughs> that i'd like fallen in love with won the world cup and yeah. so it's like man this is it this is what i'm doing this now sport. this is sport so to follow. just like followed it over the next uh however many years and then um ended up in austin about six years ago a few years before the kind of like the rumors started that we might be getting an MLS team here mm-hmm. and just kind of fell into place. And as soon as I heard like, Oh, there's these other idiots who are going to spend all their time thinking about a team that <laughs> might not ever come. I was like, I'm there. Let's do it. 
that's good, man. You y'all hit it early though. That's that's what's the best about it. Um, no, that's great. And I think for for us here at Otra Por Favor, we we definitely share that love of the game. Um, it's just pretty wild to me that y'all grew up in places where it was really hard to play because you know I'm from Houston, Texas, and it's a kind of a different environment. You know, Texas now is known to be like a hotbed. Of, of soccer in, in particular cities like Dallas, Houston, and now Austin, I guess. And growing up, every park that I went to, there was someone playing no matter what in an informal style. And there was like a, a good structure for like uh, high school club soccer. But I'm glad that uh, you guys are here and we're witnessing something different happening in Austin, um, soccer city. Yes. Yeah, we hear that. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the beauty of the game. I mean, it's, just, it's like – I think basketball is like the American sport that's like the closest to it, right? You know, right, like yeah. natively, as far as like you just need a ball and, it's and very a, you minimal, just like roll very out minimal. and going minimal, you know. Yeah. And I grew up, you got played football, I played baseball, you know, play all these things that like yeah. you have to have a field and equipment and people playing positions and stuff like that, you know. And so I think it's just really appreciate the game because of that. Well, you guys are always welcome to come play with us. I know you're probably super busy but every <laughs> tuesday thursday we play at a, a little pocket park yeah bailey on, park off of 35th in lamar called bailey and man it's <laughs> anyone that shows up can play there's no yeah, question yeah, about it for sure and, well landon's picked it back up recently too. oh yeah yeah, yeah aren't yeah, you playing on a pickup team now or no actually a, a formal uh yeah structured soccer playing my first like formal there like structured league and nice. i'm a little bit nervous but i'm excited about <laughs> oh it. man that's awesome that's good to hear that's always a learning process man but You'll get there. Um, tell us, tell us about um, about how um, how was it? You said that before we even had a team, right? You were already forming the, the podcast and and trying to talk about soccer and stuff to make it, you know, to make people hear about it, right? How how hard was that part? Not knowing the players, not knowing what was going to happen, and just starting, you know, out of out of the blue. It was hard to fill time sometimes, which is like at first we were doing it like once a month, right? And so like the team would put out a press release about like uh, I don't know low flow toilets and the uh, it was a, so it was like yeah, the was dumbest stuff. Stuff. I mean like, yeah we were we were early on and just taking all the and, like we would talk about every sponsor and like every you know anything that they would put out because yeah, we were yeah. so starved for content. And the example I use is that. Uh, this guy, Jordan Inky, who's the, the VP of stadium operations, which is like the guy that oversaw, oversees like the building itself and like all mm -hmm. the building. Mm -hmm. Like he went to a homeowners association meeting and like I found the minutes of that homeowners association meeting online. So we spent like 20 minutes talking about like <laughs> Jordan Inky is talking to like the North Gracie Woods homeowners association about like ingress and egress plans and like transit and buses and all that shit that we're really happy to not <laughs> have to talk about now. But, for the, but that was, that was the Austin FC news at the mm -hmm. time, right? Yeah. And it's just like nobody else was covering it. So we're like, yeah. we're gonna cover it. That's yeah. that's, that's what awesome. there is. No, that's what I love about you guys. You guys go the extra mile for the for the information for the research. And now now like we have <laughs> two pages of notes, and we end up covering about half of it in an out, like a weekly hour long show. And so, I think that was the hardest part at first. Is just like, like I th I th I thought like oh doing a podcast is hard because you have to like talk about all this stuff and try to sound smart was like no actually there just wasn't anything to talk about well and that's like back to your question about about it, like having a podcast and having advice you know one of the things that we try to do is we try to keep it to an hour five an hour ten or whatever you yeah. know and there are things that are interesting to us that we leave off right mm -hmm. right we just don't cover it in every week and every show because they're probably not that interesting to some of the audience so we've learned like what things People connect people to and what, yeah, yeah, what things matter mm -hmm. to people and what things don't, you know. And so if we have a light week, you know, maybe we'll talk about 
a topic that if we have a really full show, we won't. And it's just knowing sort of like the attention span of your audience and like how right. much they're willing to give you. Yeah, and, and, and also what, what I appreciate about Moon Tower is when y'all have like, you know, pretty heavy, dense information, but then you balance it out with something as silly as like, all right, what's like the weirdest uh, concession stand food you've had at this <laughs> at certain stadiums? Or like, oh, wh- what about the color of the jersey? Like, it's coming out, this new mint color. Are you for it or you're not? I mean, that's those are typically things I, I, I would think I wouldn't care about, but when I'm listening to you guys, I'm like, man, I might care about this. You know what? <laughs> Maybe I do have an Why opinion. Why not to buy it? Right? Maybe yeah. ice, cream, <laughs> ice cream nachos are not the way to go. You know? so that's kind of weird. But uh, no, that's cool, guys. Um, so, uh, being that your that your podcast is very informative, how much how much time do you guys actually give to the research part of it? Uh, it kind of depends on the week, but I would say on average, like a couple hours. Well, like during the seasons, we're, we're watching the game. Yeah, I'm rewatching the game usually. Uh, and then if there's other news, like trying to do research on that. If there's a new player, I try to watch film on the new player. So on certain weeks, it's like several hours, and then other weeks, it's a little bit easier, and I can knock it out. Like, not counting watching the game, mm-hmm. I can knock it out in like an hour. But it kind of depends. But it's not ever no time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it's like I like to think of it as about how much, it's how much extra time that I spend doing it because like I'm gonna read every article and I'm gonna watch every video, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm talking about it on a podcast or not. You know, so absorb like, it in a way. Yeah, I'm gonna absorb. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. So like the extra time we spend every, I, the extra time I spend every week on a game is like I rewatch the game because like I'm I'm in 106, which is right next to the supporter section, but it's in the south end, and that's not a really good. Well, I just want to get drunk and like watch soccer, <laughs> have fun, you know. So it's not like a real tactical. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't really describe gameplay and stuff like that from right. like that initial. Like I need to go back and watch it on TV, um, and then writing the outline probably takes like an hour a week usually mm-hmm. for the show. So that's so like my wife would tell you I live my life you know for the podcast but really i'm living my life for austin fc and like using the podcast as an excuse right to to take in all that stuff and it's like on some weeks it's it's like really fun and easy and i want to do it but then like in the middle of the season and we've lost five games in a row Oof, and yeah. there's no news and nothing oh, good yeah. has happened the, the morale's low the, the publications are probably negative like yeah, yeah. and then like <laughs> like i was talking crap about it too. <laughs> yeah and, and then you got a different way to talk about it right you're like oh shit josh wolf like you know like we got a bad lineup That's again a- and this guy screwed up and we can't you know we can't finish in front of goal you know you just like you have to it's hard to find interest in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, like, sometimes to cover that news. I really don't want to watch this game again, but I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a labor of love, right? Um, uh, tell us a little bit about your your your, your day jobs. Is you know, are, do y'all have a? Um, did y'all do y'all come from backgrounds that are with communication or research or what? Wh- what are your day jobs? Is that you kind of come from communications. Yeah, so by day, I, I run marketing and community affairs for an insurance company. Right um, so it's, yeah, it's a communications background. And then, I mean, it's actually, it's really, it works out really well for Austin FC. Because, like, Austin FC is, there's a ton of community work going on, too. And it's one of the things, like, Landon talked about um, going to Spain and, like, falling in love with this game because that was important to culture. And that's the thing I love the most about Austin FC is, like, how much there's, like, the cultural component of it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it was just a game, like, I love the game, and I would be interested in it no matter what. But the fact that it's, like, a thing that brings the whole city together, yeah. and it brings these super talented and creative people that make all these badass videos and yeah. artwork, TIFO, TIFO and TIFO, artwork TIFO, and, like, yeah. all these that I can never imagine to do because I'm just, like, an insurance marketing <laughs> guy, you know? And it's just, 
that is the part that is the most rewarding and sustaining for me that yeah. I love the most about all of it is like meeting meeting guys like y'all who are just like sure. doing cool, interesting, creative stuff. So that's I mean that's kind of where there's the connection, and that's where. I spend too much time on Slack. I mean, I have a job that lets me spend time in Los Verdes Slack all day. It's <laughs> nice. probably the most important thing about my job. I think. Uh, I, I have a, a background in audio, so my, I, I ended up getting a, a business degree was my like bachelor's degree. But before that, I did an associate's degree in audio recording, and so stepping into the podcast was a little bit easier for for us for that reason, like not having to learn all this new equipment and stuff. I kind of right, knew right. how to do it before. But as far as other work goes, I've I've kind of I've done a lot of different things, which none of which directly lead to knowing how to make a podcast. But I've just like learned how to do a lot of different things, and so learning new things is kind of fun and interesting to me. So I've I've really enjoyed just like picking up the new challenge and trying to get as good as we can at it. Nice, cool, and like kind of like Jeremiah was saying, it's 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 really nice to see how everybody with like different skill sets can come together for like the purpose of, of soccer, of Austin FC and, and contribute their own little, their own little grand sand and creating this beautiful thing, like the game day experience and like everything that leads up to that. It's just what, you know, a, a lot of people don't see, but some people like really give their heart out to it and really is what makes a community special. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we talk about, I mean, and, and the club's done a good job using that right like mm-hmm. on the billboards mm-hmm. and the videos and you know you think like when i would watch games on tv yeah. when in other cities i'm like oh there's just like this collection of people and i'm like that's my friend blah 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 and that's my friend blah, <laughs> right you know and in the ads you yeah. know they use like like you know you know you see like people you know yeah, and people sure. you, that have a story and people you connect with you know and all those which i think is really cool i think the club's done a really good job of like connecting to austin in like a real way yeah. and not just a Armadillos and Steve Ray Vaughn and you know whatever, but really like finding right. this, finding these finding true finding stories. Yeah, they're real not, stories. Not, not ge- yeah. The generic stuff. Yeah. of what Austin is to outsiders. And, and to to a degree, following the lead of the, the of the supporters, you hear so many uh, stories of like other MLS teams where mm-hmm. the club essentially tries to like like step on what the supporters are doing. It's like they want to control every they every can. part of the environment. And I think Austin. Is, I, I mean. I think there's been some times when the club and the supporters groups have butted heads, but uh, for the most part, I think they've done a good job of just saying, like, okay, we're going to follow your lead. Like, what y'all are doing is amazing, so we're not going to try to change any of that. We're just going to try to connect ourselves to it. Yeah, you can see pretty much how it worked, whatever they have done. It's It's been, like, a, a cool thing, you know, and I feel like that's why probably the 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 organization as a team wants to, like, let them have it, let them do whatever they want to do, you know, which is cool. Um, and just like you're saying too, I feel like for us, for, well, especially for me, like whenever I watch soccer, that's all. Um, usually, I'm I'm only thinking about the the players and what's going on during the game, right? But now that we have a team, I have a whole different perspective of, of what to look. You know, the the community getting together, all the tifos, all the 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 anthems. You know, every all the little songs that we chant when we're, when they're playing. It's like a, a whole different meaning for me now, you know. Before, I, w- I would just turn on the TV and watch a soccer game. That was it, you know. Not pay attention to what was going on around it. You know? And and I feel like that's that's a good thing that that I guess Austin FC has done for me. Yeah, the, the yeah. community part has been yeah. the coolest part yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, and I think the, the, the greatest thing about that is it's um, it's contagious. Like, you experience it once and you want to be part of it mm-hmm. and you want to f- find a way to contribute and do – 
play your part and see what you can do to bring something to the table, to the festivities, and to the to the experience. So um, I'm glad you guys are here, man. And I, I actually want to know a little bit about now that you guys have had the platform for a while and your audience has grown, I know that um, you ha- – how have you found ways to interact with your audience um, it, through your podcast? I mean, early on – <laughs> I feel like we just knew all of our listeners already. <laughs> like we look at the download numbers and like think about how many people in town we knew that were paying attention. It was like, yeah, it matches up pretty well. <laughs> uh, but it's changed now. Like we, it's it's big enough now that there's like most of the people who listen to the show. We don't know who they are, yeah. but we and like COVID kind of uh, ruined that a little bit. We got to meet some folks to, like at games and things like that, but. Um, this the last little stretch of time we've done a few little events and have gotten to meet some more folks and we actually just put out a call on um on the show one week where like during the stadium construction jeremiah and i and a few other guys would just go out and sit next to the the construction site and just drink beer on the road (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's like covid's going crazy so we need to be outside with some space and whatever and so that was what we did. We do it like a couple times a month. And so we're just like, we should do that again for the new year. And so we just put out the call and we had like 30 people come and hang out, yeah. just drink beer on the street. That's in awesome. In the middle of the day. So stuff like that's cool. Like It's been fun to just like connect with more people and uh, yeah, just learn about other people's kind of connection to the game and to the team. And talking about the, going back to the community part of it, like people that we would have never met or had any reason to talk to are some like people I consider close friends now because of this team and because of this community that's grown around it. And so being able to use the podcast to do that as well has been really cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll back up this, agree with that on the point of like, as far as what we do, like, I mean, I'm in, in like, I'm an insurance marketing guy, right. You know, and there's like so many people that I've run with and bike with and watch mm-hmm. games with that. I would never have that are like wonderful, beautiful people that I would never have engaged with, like just in terms of like, my normal life because I've got this little bubble, right? And you meet, you you spend time with people who are like you and have the same interests as you as whatever, right, right, you know. Right. But like, it's not that we wouldn't want like, to. It's just like, yeah, wouldn't have had the opportunity. Have. I just never would have met them, you know. And so mm-hmm. that 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 part's been really really cool to be able to do that. And then, like, I brought my dad to a game, and the fact that we went to Hop Squad and people are like, "Are you Jeremiah from the podcast?" <laughs> and my dad's like. You're like a celebrity. <laughs> I'm like, I know. You made it, son. Hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just in a one-mile yeah. radius of where we're standing. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I spent like 10 years at the University of Texas, and my dad was not very proud of me for a long time. So like to have him, to have him like, he's like, man. And he came home and told mom. He's like, Jeremiah knows everybody. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And it's all it's all because of this. So it's real. I mean, it's like a privilege, and it's, it's a blessing. And like every... Every week we do a show, and I'm like, I don't know why somebody would listen to us talk about <laughs> soccer. And then, you know, the numbers come out. I'm like, apparently people care. So, like, I appreciate that, that, like that everybody's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Landon, going back to your story about uh, uh, coming out to the construction site, I work in uh, construction management, and I can tell you that that was probably a unique experience for the people working out there. I don't think they're used to uh, <laughs> to tailgaters and people watching them, <laughs> oh, yeah. cheering them on, bringing them water, <laughs> offering them beer. Probably they, that's, that's awesome. They would see us and wave sometimes, and then the train would drive past. We we're up by the train track, and the yeah, train yeah. would go past, and they'd honk the horn or wave yeah. at us. It's crazy that you're saying that because, well, some friends uh, we try to 
to actually drive there and then get off and kind of get close to the stadium. But we got we got kicked out. So <laughs> you're lucky that you were able to just sit there and drink beer with with people. That's cool. <laughs> you gotta go to the backside where we're nobody's oh, yeah. watching. <laughs> well, and the guy there was like there's three semi trucks that are parked over there, and the guys that own those trucks apparently had had like break ins. Oh dang! In their trucks, because as soon as that showed up, that was the first person there. Like those three guys all came walked over. And they're like. I'm just a guy with a soccer podcast and a chair. And they were cool once they figured it out. Like, it's like if obviously after yeah. five minutes, they're like, okay, you guys are not the yeah. people that we need to be worrying. If y'all want to take a break, we'll watch your trucks for a while. <laughs> cool, guys. And um, just just to kind of cap off this, this topic, uh, where, where do you see uh, Moon Tower Podcast the future of Moon Tower Podcast fitting into this, uh, into the landscape of, you know, soccer, Austin, and and just cultural podcasts. Go ahead, Landon. I feel like you're I more, don't. You're, you're <laughs> like you have a better, Landon talks more about vision stuff, and okay. I like get excited by an idea in the moment, <laughs> and then he either goes with it or he talks me out of it. I, I kind of just want to keep doing more of the same. Like, I don't think I necessarily want to change anything what we're doing. I mostly just want to get it in front of more people, and then... Um, as far as doing different things, I think we've talked about wanting to do more live events now that uh, hopefully once COVID calms down and gets yeah. easier, we can do some live events, do some more video stuff, um, things that we weren't able to or weren't able to make time to do. And so I think things like that, just to find different ways to kind of expand our content and do that. But as far as the show goes, I think we just want to get better at doing the same thing we're already doing. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd like to look at other types of shows or maybe, you know, in, in like in the same, like with the um, like Total Soccer Show has maybe like three or four different kinds of things that they talk about, you know, mm-hmm. in, inside of their same feeds. So we've done, Landon was on like one episode of Swoon Tower Soccer, which is basically just talking about the boys and how handsome they are. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. That, was a, that was a funny spinoff. Yeah. So whose so, idea was that? Uh. I think I had kind of had somewhat of an idea of doing a different show, but then Mike, <laughs> uh, Mike and Steph, the, the other hosts that were on it with us, they had a more like concrete idea of like, oh, yeah, for sure. this would be fun to do like this kind of show. I was like, if y'all want to do it, let's like, <laughs> like during the, during the off season, we're like, we can make one episode and if it sucks and nobody likes it, we'll just never do it again. But we had a lot of fun with it and I think they had fun and we've got Good feedback. I, I had people who listen to the regular show say, "Like, yeah, I don't like that." <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. It's like we'll, we'll put we'll make it separate episodes, and you can choose which ones you listen there to. You but and then I had other people who don't like our show, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't care about the tactics stuff. Like, I don't care." But Swoon Tower, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. We got different audiences, yeah. so uh, I think we're going to try to do more of that as well. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to please everybody, but. Um, what you guys are doing is is awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it already sounds super polished, and I'm only sh- I'm sure it's only going to get better from here, man. So, uh, can you tell the, everybody, all, all of our audience, where they can find your uh, podcast? Yeah, so Moon Tower Soccer, pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. It's all audio. So, um, and then if you can go to MoonTowerSoccer dot com, and it has all the links to whatever podcatcher you use. And then on social media, I'm at El Viajero eighty seven. Viajero. El Viajero, and then. You're at jbentley underscore ATX. And then at Moon Tower Soccer on Twitter and Instagram. We're mostly on Twitter, but we do have an Instagram account as well. Nice. Y'all be sure to give them a like and subscribe. Um, this has been awesome, guys. I think we, we still have a little bit more to talk about, but yeah. uh, we're going to be joined by but Richie. Richie. So, uh, good to see you guys again. You guys are actually our first 
guest of 2022. So what that's, an honor. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel, I feel like a uh, pressure now to. No, no, yeah. no, none of that. What, 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 yeah. What do you feel pressured? <laughs> No, I mean, I gotta. We gotta live up to being your first guest. First I don't guest. know. Yeah, <laughs> no, you gotta deliver. <laughs> we gotta deliver. Yeah, we gotta deliver on whatever, no, no, whatever your expectations are. Man, uh, we got no expectations. Probably lower than they were before. No, I got. Hey, man, I have lower expectations of myself. That's that's. <laughs> see, I like to start life with low balling it and then build up yeah, instead of like staying high yeah, yeah, and right, then I right. can deliver. You know, so yeah. I started to be like, I don't know it, but then little by little, be like. Because I've started Always I've, pleasantly surprised Yeah Because there's, there's times that I You know I say like oh, I know this And then I get to the place And I'm like Man I forgot how it goes And then it makes me like I thought you knew So it's like Rather just You know Just keep it low And then build from there But uh, yeah I mean Like like we've said Like earlier Coca uh, and David said Thank you guys for coming um, We linked up last Was it last year Or it was last year Like whenever Javi was interviewing For a work That he's going Got going on so it was pretty cool, you know, the fact that, that, you know, like you guys were agreed, like you guys came and agreed and the timing worked out for us as well. So, and also as, as one thing I wanted to talk about is just, we had a, an episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about us not really not, not knowing much about uh, like the MLS and not knowing about like the allocation system and not knowing about the structure of how things work and for for us is something that like that said we only worry about the part of the game itself we only want to just worry about like who's in the field who's playing who's doing well who's not and that's it but it feels like the MLS has so many things behind it to where it kind of benefits some players uh but like we've had a player in the past Mike Chavala that talked about contract issues um he talked about how they were underpaid back in 2007, 2008, where his contract was, I think, 20000 as a professional player. And right now, I believe, if I'm, hopefully I'm right, but the, the minimum they can pay a player is 80000 right? Uh, I think for certain supplemental players, it can be as low as 60000 Okay. But I think back in 2007, um, they were called developmental players. I think it was kind of like practice squad guys. Mm-hmm. They were making like 12000 Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Man, that's <laughs> Crazy. 2007. It's not that long ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. How, how are you going to grow a sport paying a guy that much? You know yeah, what I mean? like, absolutely. What kind of talent are you going to bring to the league? That's like, man. Imagine that over, you know, 52. You know, how much? How many? Like 100 bucks a week, 200 a week, maybe give or take. I mean, you're the accountant, man. You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like I said I earlier, I don't do math. Yeah. I have a memory of a goldfish right now. I can analyze once I have the spreadsheet and all the formula, but. I, I'm a so my wife was so my wife is very good at, at uh, like you know calculating stuff in her mind, and I'm always like, nah, so let me put it, I, give me the spreadsheet, and I can give you the best formula for whatever you want, but you you know I need I need the calculator, because then like I don't want to say the wrong uh, the wrong number, but it's so weird how all of those were like budget rules and and regulations were implemented to benefit. I would say the protection of the investors as well, because we come from like in Mexico. I mean, there's teams that tank. Uh, Cruz is one of them. You know, the 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 owner was so corrupt. He was using it to actually get votes and funds for him to win an election in in that region. And and I feel like the MLS. At first, I was like, man, why did they have all this stuff? But then it does make sense because 
as you do something right, there's also incentives. Um, so can you guys like talk to us a little more of you know how everything and all those regulations and rules? You don't have to say them all, but just like in a specific main ones. How do they apply to Austin FC itself, like the team and the roster that we have right now? Yeah, so like talking about why it's important. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons why I mean the way they the reason they set the league up like that is because leagues before had failed. And so I think the biggest example was the old NASL, which uh, New York Cosmos had Pele. Yeah, had, right. uh, Beckenbauer. Cro Cro yeah, yeah, Beckenbauer came over for Cruyff was over for like a while. The 70s. Like, <laughs> these dudes came, and they, like, they were some of the biggest players in the world coming over and playing in MLS, yeah. but they went bankrupt in like a few years, and the other teams couldn't keep up. And like, So there's a reason why are that way it's because they wanted to build a league that's going to last and so i think some people would argue and i'm one of these people that they've not accelerated that process fast enough to uh raise the spending but um yeah all these and again like all these crazy rules like i'm not gonna tell people that they have to learn them mm -hmm. if you just want to watch the game like that's a completely that's cool. valid yeah. way to enjoy the game watch the game but I'm just like kind of a nerd about stuff and I like understanding every little part of how it works. And if you want to get into that kind of stuff, then you kind of need to learn these other things. They're just like, it's like, oh, why, didn't, why don't we get an, another like really expensive players? Like right. we're, we're not allowed to. It's like, why not? It's like, it's complicated. <laughs> I think we had, we had our lesson learned when we talked about like Mexican players. I mean, how much they charge for, you know, for a contract. And then the MLS is kind of like, uh, unless you're Carlos Vela or Chicharito, it's going to be hard for one player to come. Yeah, yeah, Mexican players are like overvalued in this market because, mm -hmm. I mean, A, there's a lot of good players in Mexico, but B, because of the like Mexican-American Mexican fan base in a lot of marketing. U.S. cities, yeah. that marketing reasons, the Mexican club is like, oh, we can tack on an extra $5 million to this transfer mm -hmm. fee. And so it doesn't usually doesn't make sense to, to buy a Mexican player. Right. Yeah, I think, like, the, I was going to say just generally the highest level on that, as far as the roster goes, like, you've got three designated players, right? You right. know, and those are the people you can spend. I think this is how MLS is different than other leagues, right? You can spend mm -hmm. whatever you want on those guys, right? Like, Toronto's brought in Insigne, and they're paying him, they pay like, $15 million in I mean, it's it, crazy yeah. what you can do. And then, you basically, you have, like, your four through seven or eight guys or uh, – Tam target allocation money players, you know, and then and then like after that, you just have a lot of like guys who are just guys who are like you just roll the ball out, you know, and whatever. And so like MLS teams are really dependent upon the people that the top end of the pay scale succeeding because you don't let you because of the way the structure works, you can't just make a mistake and then go out and buy another guy like you can in so many other leagues. So like if Cecilio Dominguez turns out to not be as is like worth what you pay for him. Then like mm -hmm. you don't really have a good out to do. Like you can't just go find a really kick ass left wing and like replace him. You know you just have yeah, to just work. Put, put you Cecilio work on the shelf. Like you have to yeah. get rid of him or s stick with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I think that I think that's the thing that makes that makes this league different than than other leagues is like there's just not that much flexibility. Um, and so like you pay for mistakes, especially mistakes at the top end of the mm -hmm. roster. Do you guys feel that Austin FC made a mistake in a player uh, this past season? Do <laughs> probably a few. Can you, do you want to name the guy you're asking Damn. about? Like, no, I feel, no, I feel no, like, like, no. Like, well, which which guy? Because like which guy? You, which guy were you, were you uh, saying like it could be like a player that didn't work out for us? I mean, Pochettino is the biggest example, right? Yeah. El Poch. 
Man, that's that's the one player that that I would say the the last maybe five games that he played, and once he actually accommodated himself with Drusi, it felt like he was actually doing something very good. And I was like, I I, I thought I actually thought Dominguez Cecilio Dominguez was going to be the one that's going to be gone, and Pochettino stayed because of you know the how close Pochettino and Drusi were playing, like pretty much almost in the same like in the same side. And when I saw that Pochettino leaving, I was like, yeah, I think it, 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 had, it had to be more than just a soccer thing. I think it was just like like you were saying in your podcast, it could be a personality thing, you know, that him right. being away from home, you know, thousands of miles away, it, it played on him you know, in, a, in a tough way. Yeah, and you have to find somebody that wants him. I mean, that was, you know, he he had a place to go, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and that was maybe not necessarily the case because – you know, just like they had, they had to have a place to be able to to be able to offload him, and you know, and send him somewhere else. And like, hopefully, he's super successful, and he's like off to a good start. And there's something that Austin saw in him, and clearly a lot of people see in him, where he's gonna be he's gonna be a talented player, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Somebody reminded me, like, Mohamed Salah was not very good at Chelsea, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's yeah. the best player in the world, right? You know, over the last over the last couple of years. Yeah, so sometimes sure. it's just like, oh, this weird combination of factors that lead to somebody to not succeed, or maybe they will succeed in the future. Yeah, there's right. a lot of things that go into it, time, place, um, whether you fit into the system, whether the coach likes you, whether you can get along with your teammates. It's it's so many factors that all you can do is uh, look at Pochettino and kind of wish him the best. Hopefully he does well in River so that it helps out Austin FC in the long run, right? And the thing is, like, he's going to River. That's a very good club. I mean, to go yeah, to Yeah, it's not a small club. It's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's, we talked about on the show one week that it's interesting that <coughs> – he had a bad season in MLS, and then his reward for this terrible season was like going to River Plate. Yeah, okay, who, who is this <laughs> man's agent? He needs uh, to be my yeah, agent. I mean, <laughs> they, they probably the thing is like they probably know who he is and what he yeah, can do. That's what it was. Yeah, and they're just like, you know what? We're just gonna you know bring him in and give him a little love, and you know he'll be all right. His stock was still high in Argentina because right, he right. he was still a young guy, like twenty five his last season in Argentina and like that was kind of his breakout year and so people there are like oh this kid's gonna be something and I think they because they saw that they didn't let that bad season scare them off it's like okay we can hopefully put him into a system that fits him a little bit better and turn him into a real player and it, from preseason so far it looks like maybe it's gonna work it's gonna work yeah man I mean I wish him the best uh, I think he's a good you know good player from my point of view like even when I played him in FIFA the, the closest <laughs> I got to him playing with him it felt like man the heck dude like when you're not whatever you do here with me you're not whenever we i guess there was because that was that was when there was like rumors for like a month before we actually there was rumors him, like but, every day but i i watched some some video of him and was like what position does this guy play yeah and it's like he's not a six he's not really like a box-to-box eight right. he's not a 10 and so i think that's why it didn't work at austin yeah. is because the positional play system that josh wolf uses it's like you need to fit this mold and you right. need to be able to do it the way that I'm telling you to do it or it's going to mess up the guy next to you and the guy next mm-hmm. to him. And he, like, either wasn't able to or un- unwilling to and vice versa. Josh Wolf wasn't going to say, like, okay, you just do whatever you want. It's like, no, no, no. Nah. Josh Wolf is about right. the system. And so I, I think it's, yeah, just kind of a a puzzle piece that didn't quite fit. <laughs> I think he was, he seems to be a very systematic guy because I remember on the Houston Dynamo game where they got scored on super early 
he talked about like how Danny Pereira was just not having a good day and he had to take him out because he started noticing how like in his system of what he wanted to do, like Danny Pereira was just not in it. Uh, he's like, you know, I had to take him out and probably to protect him more than, man, than to make him look bad. So it was an early substitution and because of an early goal. But like you said, man, Josh Wolf is a very systematic guy. And, and I, I think for the players that he now got, he had some input on who who came in because you guys were talking about Ethan Finley coming in and he's, the typical MLS player, but I mean, sometimes you need that typical MLS player to come in the system that you you have because maybe this is what Josh Wolf has is you know you know uh, MLS type of you know the game that for us is something different because we're more a little more of a technical and Josh Wolf has a mix of that plus a mix of physicality. So yeah, I was I was my hope for Ethan Finley is that he can bring just like a different flavor that we didn't have on the team. Mm-hmm. And um, today, the the preseason friendly against Toronto, Chris Bills was reporting from it, and he said that's what Finley looked like. He was like something just like a release valve, like that transition release valve. We didn't have guys who did that kind of thing. And so, uh, I hope you're right. I hope the tools that Wolf has this season give him a little bit more to work with and some flexibility to change change certain things with personnel without having to like leave the system that he's trying to do as well. Can you guys help us recall the, the players that came in uh, that, that we now have signed and, you know, we can count on for sure in the roster. Yeah. So we've got, uh, Johan Valencia, Ruben Gabrielson, who's a center back, mm-hmm. um, Maxi Ruti striker, Ethan Finley. We've already Ethan covered Finley winger. Um, Felipe, Martins. Yeah, Felipe. Martins. I'm excited about that one. And I think Asensio's the other one that we're missing. Uh, he's not signed yet. Oh, he's not. He's on trial. Yeah, uh, he's on trial. So, yeah, Asensio. Yeah. Asensio uh, Keller, Keller would be the other one. Kip, Kip Keller. 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 Kip Keller. Keller. Yeah. For Kip Keller. Sorry, Kip, if we were hearing this. <laughs> yeah. We will never forget Kip, you again, Kip, Kip, you're listening. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably at the domain somewhere. Right. <laughs> he's probably at uh, Concrete Cowboy or Kung Fu Saloon making friends. But... How, what do you guys think about the the new players that came in? I'm I like them. Like um, I don't know that there's any one of them that like raises our ceiling super high. But the fact that we have um, just more depth in certain positions and different options in certain positions. Our midfield last year was like pretty much we had three guys and yeah. they did what they did. And if you tried to move them out of that, they didn't really work anymore. Yeah. Now the Felipe is one that I'm really excited about. He can play. Oh my gosh! All yeah. three of the, the midfield asshole. roles. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our new asshole. You guys are sitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's all, he's cla- he's classy though. He's good on the ball. Yeah. So he he played in that preseason today. He played at uh-huh. the ten. Okay. And so it was uh, Wolf and um, uh, Valencia behind him mm-hmm. in like a four two three one, and he was playing the ten. And so he can do that. He can play the six. He's like defensively strong enough to play the six. And so just having a guy like that at your disposal to like so many games last year, Wolf would need to make a substitution and you look at the bench and like, I don't trust any of these guys. So you're saying you not trust Brett Halter? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a position I was thinking about, right. right? It's like if, if at a six, if Alex ring needed a break or needed to move forward, your options were either you play Danny Pereira out of position. Cause I don't mm-hmm. think anybody thinks he's like a great defensive. Like he's got a lot of skills be, being like a destroying defensive middle figure. not that, or do you bring in like, Spatch and Brawlhalter. Now right. you've got 
you know, you've got Martin. If Valencia goes out, you got Martins. You can move ring back. You can, I mean, there's so many other mm-hmm. things you can do. So we definitely have the depth that will hopefully hold up over the 34 game slog that is like playing an MLS. Plus the the Open Cup as well. That's another one that yeah. you, when yeah. you're playing two tournaments, you got to have depth. What do you think? Okay, I'm super excited at all these uh, acquisitions, especially um, Felipe Felipe Martins. I, I think. Um, Everything that I've heard about him, the type of player he is, the type of X factor he brings to the game, it gets me excited because that's like how I like to see that I like to mold my game. I'm, I like to be that six, that 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 rough guy in the middle that's just gonna like win balls back and just be that fighter and that warrior. And to see that, that was one thing when I was watching Austin FC last season. I was like, man, there needs to be someone like that. The closest thing. In my opinion, to that, well, you're about to like was, take uh, your shirt off. Was Alex 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 Ring? I'm ready to Superman. You know, he showed that fight. He got a couple of cards. I'm not saying cards are good, but sometimes you need to rile a team up. And Ring was one of the few people I saw doing that. So I'm glad he's getting that help. And I'm glad um, Johan Valencia seems to be of those same similar characteristics, kind of a box to box, kind of defensive midfielder. So I'm definitely excited at this new new depth. But uh, I want to know what you guys think. Um, where, where, what are some of the spots that we're looking, we're still looking thin on, or we could still use a little bit of help? I think the number one spot where we need help because it, it's all unproven. It's like we are not deep um, at fullback, right? I mean, we've got you got Lima, you got John Kolmanich, and you've got Hector Jimenez behind him, which is the main backup guy on, on both sides. And we saw last year because we all went into last year thinking Ben Sweat was going to be our starting left mm-hmm. back and. Coleman's going to be depth that we're like one injury injury away from being like in real trouble there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Coleman, I mean, he's he's still a young guy, right? Mm-hmm. Too, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's young. He's he's had one year in the league, and he was thrust into something that I don't think that he probably ex- expected to do. You know, and he had some limitations in his game, and so I feel like that's the spot where we're probably need the most help. I don't, I don't know where it's going to come from, and I don't think we're going to sign anybody between now and. When the season starts, maybe in the summer we will. You mentioned Asensio. I mean, he's in camp and plays left back, so I think he's the obvious one. But if he doesn't show up in camp, he's not, doesn't look good in camp, then maybe right. he's not the option. Yeah, that's the one thing is if you have one left, like say if you're like right now, you got to have at least two. One, I mean, one for each side, two for each side. And luckily, we have Jimenez that can do both. Lima can play both Lima as well. Can play both so as well. It's not ideal, but they can do it. Right. But if you have an injury, like what happened with this weight, then we're going to be in the same situation. Yeah. And, I mean, like you guys were talking about Gallagher is, you know, man, him dropping back would not be a good idea. It's, it would be, I mean, I think like the wingers, they have a little more of an easier, easier like transition, stepping back a little bit. But not too much, because then they will get lost in the coverage part. You know, they can hold the ball, they can, you know, stay open, they can do the overlaps, which you know, uh, Gallagher can do. But it's just the the marking part when you're left back. That's your goal at the end of the day. Like you have to be that defensive part, this defensive spot, like, or you know, player on each side. You know, whether left or right. And if you don't have that, you know, experience, like you said, it it just it it would be probably not as helpful as we think it would be unless Gallagher has something on his sleeve that we don't know about, about him being defensively. Yeah, he's. He, I think he lacks a little bit of physicality as well. That game he played right back at the end of the season last year, he, like, marking was pretty good. Like, he did a good job, but it was Johnny Russell and Kyrie Shelton who were, like, 
big dudes and they would just throwing him around. And so he would jump up and challenge for a header and win one sometimes, but those guys were just tossing him. And so that's the thing. Like as a winger, you work back and you mark guys mm-hmm. and it's usually against like a winger, but sometimes as a fullback, you, you float inside and you're going up against those strikers sometimes right. and you, you have to be able to hold your own. And that's what would worry me about having both Jimenez and Gallagher as like the option starting mm-hmm. like a lot of games. Right, yeah, and, and I don't know, like, it's one of those things that I still think, like, man, if, if if there's a weak spot that we have, not because of the players, but because of, you know, the, the thinness, it's just that, unless Asensio so, shows up and really delivers in the camp, then, that, then we're in a good place. But yeah, I think another big question is, we <clears throat> had a season one where we struggled to score goals, and, and we, we, we played a, a type of game that was very... Towards the wings, we we shot a lot of crosses in, but our finishing was very very low. Um, how do you guys feel about some of the acquisitions that we've made uh, this season? Do you think we're going to have a, a higher rate of goals, or if we stick to that that system that puts a lot of crosses in, are we going to have? Is there some who, who do you think is up there that's going to be our um, dependable goal scorer? Why don't you start with that? I think you have an opinion on this. Not gonna lie, I'm still pretty nervous about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on your boat. I'm on your boat too because I look around and I'm like, no, thinking you, like yeah, this is you, a big question. Yeah, you ask who it would be, so like we have to assume that there's gonna be somebody that does it right. right. But yeah, I think it is the big question. Yeah, I mean the the fact that we have strikers this year is a reason to to have at least some optimism there. But uh, GTA is unproven still mm-hmm. has a, like has the tools. He just, I think he's still young, needs to get some experience before he does anything consistently. Aruti has proven to be a little bit, uh, erratic in his career as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think like there's a, a strong chance one or both of those guys go on little runs where they score, but I think there's equal or maybe more likely of a chance that they go on droughts where nobody scores. Mm. That'll be tough to see. I, guys to see. I think Drew is going like is going to prove himself to be one of the five best players in the league this year. Just if you look at when he showed up ten days after he'd flown in and played in his first game, you can tell like, oh, out. this guy, yeah. he's like playing a different game. You know, like everybody else looks like they were working. He was moving as fast, and he was, you know, you know, putting in balls that nobody could see and and things like that. Like he's just playing a different sport than some of the guys that we have that are just like really good, hardworking, whatevers, and so. Like, I think there's a ton of potential both in his ability to score and his ability to create. If the goals are going to come from somewhere. It's going to come from having a full season of him and a full off season of him integrated with the roster. Yeah, they, you know, he's the type of player that he he's good. And he always, when you're that good of a player, you help your teammates get to that level by just showing up with them. Uh, I, I rarely saw him. You know, there's players that are good, and, and unless you really can play like how they want you to play, then it just doesn't work out. And, and he has a thing where he's very, let's say, hey, like I'm with you. Like, and, and, I, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because the, f- the first game they were going to start, I saw him talking to Cecilio Dominguez right before like they were going to kick off, and he was telling them, like, and Calmada, like, you know, come down and, and talk. And that – Right there, that was Cecilio, like completely different player when Drusy came in, and like you said, like he he has a potential to be the top five. You now, luckily, he he stays healthy and doesn't get an injury because he gets an injury. I did feel whenever he would come off a substitute in the pre in the previous season, we would be a bit alarmed because there was no one to just keep the team calm. 
Because Rain can only do so much as a captain, you know, bringing the ball from the defense to the midfield and from the midfield forward. And, like, say, if we have a player like Drusy and a player like uh, Rink out, and, and who's going to step up and be the leader the, to calm the team down, especially whenever we're winning by 2-1 to one and we need someone to keep it calm and, hey, let's just pass the ball around and keep the ball in our side. I do think we have more of those guys yeah. this year, though, like that can step up and be leaders. Uh, Gabrielson was a captain at both of his past two clubs. Um, Finley is one of those guys that just – you know, like around the like locker rooms that he's played in, he's just one of those solid dudes. I think him and like Matt Beasler are probably similar characters. Uh, Mar- Felipe seems like a dude that like teammates love. Like good, they yeah. love that guy. And so I think there's more of those guys on the team that can be those leaders. And Jeremiah talks about like like the if you're looking at like a ranking of who our guys are like before like on the the wing depth chart, for example, you had Kakuta Mane. Uh, now in that Kakuta Mane spot is Jared Stroud, who was a starter for a lot of the season last year. Right. And so, like, just we're better further down the roster, both talent-wise and I think experience and leadership-wise as well. And the one thing, like, I'm glad we kept Stroud because the two, three games that he actually did good, I'm like, man, if you have Stroud like that every time he comes in, that's another addition that you don't have to worry about, like, man, is he going to show up or not? Yeah, and so. that's one where, like, if you could just rely on Jared Stroud to come in for, like, some amount of time and do Jared Stroud things, he's going to be really good at that. If you're relying on him to start 24 games, you know, and play a bunch of minutes, like, that is not his thing. Mm-hmm. If you need a guy to, like, run real fast and throw in crosses for mm-hmm. 25 minutes, like, he's your guy. Yeah, like, there's, late in the season last year, there's a couple of games where I think they, like, we were up, and they put on Stroud and Gaines, mm-hmm. like, at the striker and at the right wing. And it was, like, just like quick chase cars just like, it was like an right. immediate make yeah. them tired it's like team. i don't care if you even touch the ball just like <laughs> chase guys yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's good because I, I did i did appreciate that from mckinsey games wherever you're at <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily you're not here he's gone to the clt and not like like unluckily you're not here it's sad but man it, it that's the one like sign that i was like man I, we should have kept but you guys were saying that you know it was it was like you know if he's gone it's fine now I feel confident, like because at first it's like, man, okay, he's gonna leave. Now who we're we gonna bring? But now that we got some players in, I was just like, all right, I'm calm. Yeah, I think we're stronger now. Um, in those spots, like the spots that Gaines and Manny Perez and Kukutamane were filling, we've we've got better guys there now. So Manny Perez, another guy that you know that he was young too. I mean, he was like he was part of. He came as a loan from Seattle Sounders or from Portland, right? Uh, Manny Perez, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we saw enough of him that, like, I didn't think he was ever going to turn into anything big. And I know, like, a lot of folks get mad at me for saying this, but Mackenzie Gaines is not going to be a top-level MLS, MLS player. Well, he's, he's not going yeah, to. <laughs> you got to keep it real, man. Yeah. You got to keep it real. I, I thought he was younger, but he was already 24. He's like 24. Right. That's not that young. Right. I mean, like... Uh, yeah, I mean it's young the, in the real world, by the way. The same yeah. people, yeah. the same people saying that Rodney Reddit is trash. We got to get rid of him. We're like, we got to keep Gaines. He's young and promising. He's like, come on, man. You're like, be real. Like, it's not the same yeah. thing. Rodney Reddit is twenty two. 
Huh. And so he he wasn't good. You're right. He wasn't good. But if you're ready to throw him in the trash and give Gaines a pass just because he's from Austin, like you're not looking at it realistically. That's you know that I would say like someone said like a typical Austin Austin FC fan. <laughs> and now we get that you know that some people get that like I heard even whenever they were talking about Pochettino going to oh he's going to a much lower level uh, league than the MLS and I'm like dude what the hell are you talking about. <laughs> But yeah. now that's, I mean, I know the MLS is growing and, and we do see that. And, but man, I did not think McKenzie Gaines was that old until, you know, you mentioned it. I was like, yeah, I mean, after like at 24, you like you're saying, unless you're going to do something crazy, like you're going to be the, you know, player. You're, yeah, you're the, the, yeah the, you're the player you are at that point, basically, right? You're kind of, you're kind of developed. I mean, he was. Sweet guy, hometown boy. Love very that fast, part. Very fast. Very fast. <laughs> Super fast. Yeah. Man, um, I remember the LAFC, LA Galaxy game. And that day I was hanging out with Hernan and uh, Brian from Top Flight. And we are some TV. And that day I had a little, you know, a good amount to drink. And I completely don't know anything except for whenever he said god i was like yeah i need to wake up and watch this game because i'm over here like walking around like saying hi to people and you know hey i don't good to see you and i completely like forgot that you know that oh you know the game's already on but i'm glad i got an uber that day <laughs> but so it uh, sounds like you guys you guys are a little bit more optimistic of this season uh compared to season one um how would you how would you rate that on a scale of one to ten your optimism level for this uh, season? Mm. We might it might be more reasonable to rate it on a scale of one to thirteen, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like play, playoff spot Four, fourteen, right? <laughs> Was it fourteen? Yeah, this we, year? Got, we got Nashville. I mean, that's this came up. Somebody asked us this last week. I mean, the hard part is like the Western Conference is pretty strong, mm-hmm. and added Nashville to it. You know, so. We could be better and move up like two spots, which I, nobody would be happy with. But I mean, it's going to be there's probably four teams that are separating themselves, and it's going to be like a slog, you know, mm-hmm. from there on down. It's going to come down to who stays healthy and whose coach makes good choices, you know, and stuff like that. So we're definitely better, but I don't know, like relative to everybody else, like how much how how much we've improved. Yeah. Yeah, I would still say like getting a playoff spot would make me happy this year. And that's how you would define a successful season. I think that makes it that yeah. that's what success would yeah. be. And playoff. I think some people, some Austin fans, may think that's shooting too low. But like Jeremiah said, it's going to be tough. No, yeah, I think the playoffs would be an an excellent uh, success for season two. You know, it's still pretty young. Fra- it's still a young franchise. We've made a lot of moves, but like you guys said, there's a lot of things that are unknown with. Um, with how the season's going to play out. And it's a long season, a lot of games, and a lot of new players that, that we're wanting to just make automatically work. But it, we all know that teams don't work that way. Sometimes it's it's a long haul to try to get that team chemistry going. I would say playoffs season two is good with every single regulation that it's put in place to build a, a roster. Because um, at the end of the day, like say Austin FC didn't, at the end of the they didn't have a good season, but with limitations of what they can do, I mean, that just getting the playoffs with what you know they're building, that 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 we know that that would be a good thing. Like like you guys said, I mean, it's it's a very very you know MLS is a lot more complicated. You know, now I, for me it's like 
the MLS and, and La Liga MX, they're so complicated because of their own ways of being and existing. It makes it harder or easier for some, you know, some some teams and to make it. Um, I, th I think like LAFC in Atlanta gave people kind of a, a false sense of mm -hmm. like how hard it is to start a team from scratch. Mm -hmm. More often than not, those teams have been bad, but people remember. Oh, Atlanta was good immediately. LA was good immediately. It was like, well, the fan base was good. Like they got Carlos Vela and they got Joseph Martinez and Miguel Almiron at the same time, which mm -hmm. like any MLS team would kill for either of those guys yeah. at any point in their existence. And they had both of them at the same time. And so um, like they either did well or got lucky, probably a combination of both of those things. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> If you look at them now, I mean, they're both struggling. Like they, they, yeah. they spent a bunch of money up front and were really successful off the bat, and they're both struggling with so sort of the repercussions of that, like down the roster, you know. And now neither effects. one of them is good. Yeah. LAFC, all the Texas and California teams missed the playoffs last year, right? You know, LAFC missed the playoffs despite the fact they had maybe the best on paper talent in the league. You know, and Atlanta has kind of lost its way. So I mean, I think there's there's positive and negatives to doing that. And I think what we what we like to think about is can we build the team like in the way that Portland or Seattle, you know, does the where like, Nashville, you're, like you're sustainable or Nashville probably does now where you're like, you have talent throughout the roster and you're not so dependent upon like all your stars all panning out and your big signings all panning out. And that's like the way you're going to be good year after year after year. And I think uh, what should help us this year is one, our schedule will be a little more balanced, right? Cause we had that super long, awful oh, road yeah, trip yeah. to start the year. You know, and and now will be a little bit, you know, be a little bit easier. And then we have fewer like three, three uh, game weeks. Mm -hmm. I think a lot fewer three game weeks right now, um, which I think that really killed us last year because we were not very deep because we were an expansion team, and then we're an expansion team that also like just our good players were not available last year. You know, sometimes like when you're playing Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, you know, and so that'll help us out too, is to have that flexibility. Yeah, I bet our wives are like, okay, they're going to be in a game every week or every <laughs> other day. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, lucky my 12-year-old loves to go. Right. So, like, for us, it's like, hey, baby, I'm going to take Jackson, <laughs> and we're going to be away, you know, we're going to get out of your hair for, like, four hours. She's like, yes, go wherever you want to go. It'll be fine. You guys go to Hop Squad, crush it. It's fine. Nice. Did y'all go, uh, did, did you guys bring your family to the first game? Yeah, I actually, my wife actually goes to all the games. Oh, no. She's That's like, awesome. she's gotten into it. She's not, didn't give a shit about soccer before it's like gotten really into it and like has learned quite a bit about it and then my parents came to the first game okay. and i think they're going to try to come to a lot of games this year so that's good man uh yeah you guys went to the first game and you actually brought your siblings as well yeah right? my brother and sister it was actually their first soccer game like Ever. live because growing up it was you know i grew up with my i'm the oldest at a, at a three and me and my dad bonded over soccer but it's something that didn't necessarily trickle down to my brother and sister. They just weren't into the game. So the, the season opener, I, I I got them tickets and I said, let's go, let's go. And um, luckily, yeah, they were they were down for it. And for them, it was like a totally different experience because they had only ever gone to see me play growing up. So they definitely got a lot out of it. And I think if I were to tell them, hey, let's go to the season two opener, let's go to the season two game, they'll be they'll be down to come through. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I brought my wife too, and she was she was pretty excited. Like she had just gotten off work, so she literally got there as McConaughey was coming out, you know, dressed as the you know, <laughs> the whatever, the, yeah, the, whatever. <laughs> the leprechaun, the leprechaun. <laughs> What's that guy? Uh, the the villain? 
with the questions mark oh, the Riddler. The Riddler. <laughs> there we go one of those two that guy, like, that guy something else man he was like promoting a book <laughs> like doing all this uh, doing all these movies and you know minister of culture like well you actually talked about you mentioned something about him if you know like he like he was known as the minister of culture or the ambassador of culture but he only showed up to like one game and you guys you know and he, i think you mentioned um in your podcast that i mean he needs to show up a little more but i know there was you know some stuff you know like i think with his mom or or whatnot but i agree man it's like hey, dude, if you're gonna be the ambassador of culture you gotta be in the culture yeah it's like it's like I think he does help with the marketing of the team yeah. to people who wouldn't have paid attention otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I, f- I hear sometimes people giving him maybe a little too much credit for like how big the team is. Like, oh, yeah, McConaughey. It's like, no, no, no. Like, what's happening in the South End was going to happen. That's Los Verdes right there. Yeah. Like, it's Rigo, right? You know, it's yeah. Rigo. Saludos. <laughs> McConaughey had nothing to do with that part of it. Right, right. Um, and so I like take umbrage whenever people are saying like oh yeah mcconaughey's done something it's like nah dude he uh, he he probably because he'll he'll wear austin fc shirt on the tonight show or whatever like he'll be doing an interview about a movie he's like movies like also i have the soccer team now like that stuff matters like it, right. yeah, it makes yeah. a dent and like for that national exposure yeah, to people yeah. that aren't familiar with the game or austin fc as a club you know i recently saw him on the the men in blazers show and Kind of, I was skeptical, like, all right, what is this guy going to say, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But he gave a solid interview, and he really put Austin on on, 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 on the map for that show, like, to, to a broader audience. And yeah. I think that's that's what we get from having him as a minister of culture. But culture, as we know it, is different. It's more like on the ground, boots mm-hmm. on the ground. So I kind of have mixed feelings about it as well. Even, even though I'm, like, a fan of some of his stuff, it's just kind of weird. Because um, you know, I, I went to UT. I went to UT as well, and he he does a lot for the Longhorn um, uh, Association and the football team. And it's just kind of weird seeing him step into so many roles in Austin and Texas. And you're like, All right, what what is your motives? Like, what are you trying to do? Really, I think he cares about it though, which mm-hmm. I think is good. He's not doing it for attention or okay. whatever. I think he cares about it. I think sometimes. <laughs> he's he's like a Hollywood star, and like people don't tell him no, and so right. yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like it's just like I'm, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. It's like what well, they actually have their own thing going on, Matthew. Like, <laughs> yeah. Were, so, you, were you guys on that? When he did that one Zoom call with him when he was like in a beanie and no shirt. Did you? Were you got? Were you all no, I, I did yeah. see a screenshots, and I think okay. because Roma posted something. He's about not a it. fan of clothes. I know that. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> you know, and so, but there was a lot of he's like. Hollywood guy. And then James Ruth, who works for the team, be like, I think what Matthew's trying to say is <laughs> And he, like, converted to English. But, you know, and that was like, I don't know about this guy, but at the same time, my wife, who doesn't care about any of this, she's like, oh, shirtless McConaughey on the Zoom. Like, <laughs> suddenly she was paying attention. Oh, there's a Zoom call. I wouldn't be part <laughs> yeah. of it. You're, like, over here, you know, working, and she's like, where are you at? I'm in the meeting, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm very busy. McConaughey's <laughs> talking about the culture. Yeah, <laughs> man, but I, I do, I do hope uh, he he comes out a little more, you know. And anything on his side, it also works out for him to come. Um, I think it'll be good for him to to be to get to experience more of something that was consistent, not just on game one, but actually through the whole season. Um, and at the end of the day, like I would say, like. Uh, We've said it in the past, you know, the supporters are the ones that, you know, build the culture. Um, like earlier you were saying, I do wish the team would 
would be a little more laid back and a little more flexible on not having too much control and let the supporters do their thing. Um, because if that relationship ever breaks, you know, between the supporters and Austin FC, then we're just going to be another team that has fans, you know, but it's not going to be as, as deep as it is right now. Because there's a lot going on. Like, I went to the La Murga's practice yesterday. And just seeing all the amount of people that were practicing. So many people so out many there. People. I saw videos of it. was like 100 people. And I was like, dang. I was, I was in the Murga like in the early days. And there would be like five of us out there. <laughs> and so I, I've stepped back since then. And what, they, like, what those guys have done since then is amazing to me. Like to have, they had like 15 people out there learning to play snare and repique. And then like 12 bombos or whatever it is. And it's, it's crazy. It's really impressive. And it's like, like say for example with La Murga and, and Los Verdes. A lot of the times is what you do within is always going to pay out when you expose it. You know, when you prepare yourself, um, it's always going to show. And in the practice there, I would say even a lot more hyped up than the actual game because they were doing the, you know, pretty much the whole song, like the set of all the songs at the end, you know, everyone together. And Los Capos were the first one. They were just, like, going at it. And I saw Quesadilla take his shirt off. And, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, and I was like. That's all he does. Yeah, I was like, dang. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's the first time I've gone. Like, I've been wanting to go for a while. But I, I needed to, you know, to to work out some timings. But it, it was pretty cool be because, I mean, people that, that really care about it. Like, I thought, like, at first I was like, man, like, these people care about it a lot more than we think of, you know. And, and. A lot of the credit is for them, man. And I know, like, you know, they're they're working on some major projects going on. So um, there's going to be a documentary as well, and you guys were part of it. And it's pretty cool how we're actually not just uh, a, a little supporter section that, you know, that we chant and, you know, we cheerleader. We actually, no, we're, we're bringing up songs, and we're bringing up new songs. So they're actually starting to do songs that are dedicated to a specific player now. So uh, that's pretty cool, and... You know, I think the players are going to appreciate that, and hopefully they they stay, but that, that's pretty cool. It's it's the thing that I always hoped would happen mm-hmm. here is that, the, like, the creativity. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy to do that. <laughs> and so it's like there's a lot of really creative people mm-hmm. in Austin, and if we can give those people a stage to do something special, I know they will. Mm-hmm. And it's happened, like, like the the folks in charge of of running supporters group running uh, Murga have made that happen and have given those people that platform. It's been really cool to see. Yeah, that's when I have people that ask me about like how do we you know game day one had this amazing atmosphere in this first year where it's like so loud and crazy and there's beer showers like these people it's kind of like the podcast like these people have been working at it for like two years mm-hmm. practicing almost every week before we had a team like this didn't just spring out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of effort and creativity and like deliberate practice and showing up like and all those, you know, all those things that you saw is like they're into it and it's super cool that that there's this like big group of people that are that committed to it that they see that it's like a privilege and an opportunity mm-hmm. to like show up and work on songs and do band practice and stuff every week because like it would be a pain in the butt for me like that's not that is not <laughs> my this is not my thing and thank God we have a lot of people who are like <laughs> that way. Yeah, or it's more like you know, in, in the back end and the microphone, but yeah, I just talk all day long. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. And we, we kind of got into it a little earlier about that. Like, um, it as long as you have that willingness and intent to contribute in your own way, um, it's the opportunity is there, and it's great to see 
how much involvement yeah. there is even even in like these preseason stages and and prior to the team even uh, kicking off its first ball you know that that just tells you a lot about the type of people that are um, uh, joining uh, becoming part of this uh, the fan the fan clubs and just the fan base and how kind of low the the barrier of entry is there's like no um, like gatekeepers that are really saying hey nah you 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 can't join or you shouldn't be here. There's it's pretty it's very welcoming and that's one of the biggest differences I see right now with like um well that I've seen with the MLS and with this team in particular how anybody no matter uh, how much you know about the sport is welcome to come and enjoy and in their own way and 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 be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, see, we have this thing in Los Verdes which is not written down anywhere officially, but it's like if you do the work, you make the rules. You know, right? If you're, if you're like, if you have the passion, like nobody has status. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the passion and you want to come in and you want to put the time in, and you know, and it's the same in Lamurga. Like you, you, like you can drive that. You make it forward. If you have an idea, nobody's gonna like sit above you and tell you your idea is a bad idea, right? Mm-hmm. You have that idea and you drive forward and you make it happen. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But like everybody has a fair opportunity for, to participate in the conversation and like make the culture on our own. And, and I, that's one of the things I love. There are folks who have been involved for like less than a year who are like running teams of people doing stuff. Cause like you're showing up and you're doing the work. That's what we need. So just because I've like Jeremiah and I have been around longer, we don't get mm-hmm. to tell anybody to do anything. Cause we're not, we're doing our podcast. We get to tell each other what to do with the podcast. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the supporters group, it's like, I'm just a member. I have no standing or title with the supporters group. Uh, and yeah, folks showing up and just putting in the time, they're the ones getting to make decisions, which is cool. It's like wildly democratic as far as like how it's run. And then like, as far as art and stuff goes, like people who have shown up and just like, is it badass? Is it green? Cool. We're putting it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and It's like, just like all kinds of people have come out of the woodwork and are doing all this cool stuff. And it's been really, really, really fun to watch. Man, it's funny because like I've, I've gotten a little more closer with Rigo, and, and he's a person that, when it comes to la, la murga and los verdes, he's a little more like intensive. Like, man, let's let's do it, let's do it, you know, like let's get the paint right. That's Rigo's and, church, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know he is. I mean, we might have excluded Rigo from all these rules because he's got a very specific vision and he's really intense. I mean, I love it, and we're all better for it. But he's like, you need to hold this banner like three <laughs> inches up and like slightly to the left, or we cannot take a picture. I can, tell, I, I can tell why Rich and Rigo yeah. get along because they're yeah. very, very similar like that. If you tie the knot on the banner this way, you won't be able to see it from the front. And like, Rigo, Rigo keeps everybody in line, and he, yeah, sure. but he knows he knows his shit. Like he knows what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, and, and you need something like that in a in a healthy <laughs> ecosystem of organization. You know what I mean? So that's, that's cool to hear, man. That's cool I remember uh, I was I think I was uh, I was helping him paint a banner. The only time I showed up paint something, and actually he was like, oh, "I actually do pretty good painting." Like, oh, thank you. And then I was talking to my wife on the phone, and I was done, and he's like, "Hey." So you're going to keep painting? I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but I mean, he was just joking, but, but it's just like. And but, he's like joking. He's, <laughs> but he's not joking. But the thing is, like, he's a, a very serious dude. But once he talks, it's like you cannot get him to shut up. <laughs> like, he, he talks. He talks. He talks. Like we were like he's part of like the documentary. <laughs> It was like an hour. <laughs> I just kept going at it, kept going at it. And Javi would have questions. And Rigo would just keep keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And it, it was funny because it's like this one guy, he even said, like, man, usually, like, by, my, like by myself, uh, you know, I'm a very calm guy, as you guys can see, you know. Like, we see, you know, first impression. But 
when it comes up to like los los verdes, la murga. Once I get in that time, like in that in that zone, it's like I feel like a different person. Like my something comes out where I'm very you know intense about it. And and <laughs> I just see uh, Katie and Derek. <laughs> they, they they I mean jokingly, but the bump heads with Rigo because Rigo is very particular. <laughs> They're like hell, man. Nah, yeah, I, listening to Katie talk shit to Rigo is one of my favorite things. <laughs> no, I, and I like talking shit, so I keep. I'm, I'm always like on Katie's side. He's talking shit to Rigo. Like, what do you think, of Ricardo? I'm like, Katie's right. <laughs> nah, man, but no, nah, but it was funny because I noticed that whenever we were we went to Houston, and I was helping him. The only two times that I've done something there is like helping him put the banners in the seats, and Rigo's telling me do it this way, and Katie's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that's that's like I mean, literally, like stuff like that, you know, like inside jokes and things like that. That you know, at the end of the day, like there are humans; they all have, you know, jobs and they all have a, a life. But the fact that they dedicate so much and sometimes not even get bored, not get paid at all, like that. That for me, that's that's golden. Like that that's where it's at, you know. And I feel bad because, like for us, we we come in like we want to invite people, but our our intent is to invite them to get to know the story, not to get clout from it. But I'm like, man, what have we done to actually, you know, like, continue to get those, you know, guests? Because we always were like, yeah, los verdes en la murga. But it's like, we haven't really showed up. But, like, for me personally, like, I do want to do more, you know, just because it is, it's good to, you know, to continue to network and to continue to get to know more people that are creative. And and also, like, you know, brings opportunities to do something different. Like, like say one day we can, you know, I'll merge and do a podcast, like one episode of all the podcast thing, you know, that'd be pretty cool. A super pod. A super, <laughs> super <laughs> pod. There we go. We need more microphones. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I need more microphones. We need like splitters, <laughs> microphones, you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> I might know some, but they'll charge, but we can always just rent something. You can rent them from Rock and Roll Rentals for <laughs> super roll cheap. Rentals. There, you yeah, there you go. You can get this mic for like $7 for like two weeks. For two weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's a good deal. It's a road. But yeah, um, so one question that I have that we missed out yesterday, I mean, not yesterday, <laughs> earlier. I see, I have a memory of a goldfish. <laughs> um, and it's very serious. And actually, I want to go back to it. Um, serious question. Oh, serious man. Question. All right. Okay, serious. hang on. We're getting down to the serious questions. So, Clear my throat. Do I need more wine before we <laughs> yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah. There we go. I've yes, I like how oh, you just pass it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've seen you like look at it and I'm like, I feel bad because it's getting empty. And I was like. <laughs> I, I got you. <clears throat> but I'll let, I did, I'll let Jeremiah finish. I didn't when we were interviewing Stuver today. That was water in my glass, by the way. Oh, it was too early. Yeah, we did. We had Stuver on the show. We did the interview early today. Shout Stu. out, Stu. And I definitely wasn't supposed to be working when that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I was after work, right? I was, yeah, I was in the yeah. middle of a call, and I was like, oh, shit, guys, I got to go. I have a very important engagement <laughs> right now. My wife is calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the kids are on fire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, go so ahead, Richie. Yeah, right, what's the serious question? The, the serious question is, if you were invited to a carne asada um, cookout, what would you bring? What would you each bring? Oh, man. Is it, is it something we that we can cook? Or not it could cook. be anything because I'm like I'm like chicken nuggets from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's no, 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 we're gonna let you try again. Think of it like this. Let's uh, let's 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 do it to where you're actually committing yourself to cook something that you like. You know what? I'm gonna throw down this carne asada. Oh man! That your time to shine in that hour in the grill. Like that's you. What would it be? You're a dad. You know how to grill, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a prerequisite. Yeah, I know. I don't want to call people who know how to grill. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Just bring out your New Balances, your your jorts. Jeremiah's got yeah. the Jeremiah's like What's a jorts, network man? guy. <laughs> as long so as you're above the knee, you're I got a guy. I got a guy. He's, who can he's do just that. friends with all the neighbors, and he goes uh, to their house. Okay, he's a he's no, a you know, sampler. yeah. Okay, there you go. This is this is what I. It's what I bring is like I can make a mean Bloody Mary, <laughs> and you're throwing shit at me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, I will bring I will bring Tito's. I will bring bacon. I will bring olives. I will bring like with all kinds of fancy toppings. Like that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, the I'm gonna run top. the bar, and I'm gonna get the right. pie, guy who actually makes the meat really drunk. That's that's, that's my contribution. <laughs> to this. I like that. I like that, man. I didn't expect that. I'm. I don't really cook that much either. I my go to. I I actually do. I like bringing booze to parties just because like everyone's you're you're gonna be popular, right? Yeah. Uh, my like last minute go to for like not necessarily a, like a carne asada, but like just like a potluck thing or like people are bringing food. I'll go to like the H E B guacamole. Okay. Oh, nice. It's good. Okay. It's good. Okay. Okay. It's, good. Okay. it's good quality. You just gotta make sure it's fresh. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same day. Long. Um. But yeah, I'm like I'm not like a grilling guy. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, at home I don't cook that much meat. But I spent time in Argentina mm-hmm. and like learned to appreciate like the way they do asada, asada, asada there. Asada. It's a big asada like, culture. I, I was like when I was down there, I was like volunteering on farms. I was like sleeping in a horse barn and like <laughs> like these you were ca- for real. these <laughs> cowboys would come out and like okay, like we just killed this lamb today. Now it's like splayed open, and we're gonna cook it over an open fire. Oh yeah! And just like watching those dudes who just like did that—that's like that was the weekend for them. Nice. And I was wow. like, I'm not that kind of man, but I will eat this and be very thankful that I, that you gave me the opportunity to. You're like, you're not. However, I'll go to town and I will make sure they know that I appreciate yeah. this. I will keep your wine glass full for you. There we go. There we go. What about you, Coke? Uh, no, man. So the whole reason behind this question, I think, is just we we kind of like to think about this podcast like a like a carne asada, you know, chill, f- uh, informal, but you know, right. w- anyone is welcome. Anyone can bring their own contribution or, or, or thing that they want to display. And I think if I like to, I like to grill. These guys know I like to grill, and I've had them over at my place a few times. And my go-to is always like your your, your standard um, fajita, like beef fajita. But I have my own little little twist to it, mm-hmm. like a, a little bit of an Asian Asian soy yeah. twist to it. You know, give it that that soy um, twang to it. Um, so, I think the last time I had these guys over, <laughs> lost some foam. Eh, that's fine. We'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> We've seen worse. <laughs> yeah, I, you I, see I, this scar right here. <laughs> My, my my wife is always she's always on my ass about like how many people are going to show up what's the headcount how much why are you buying so much food and I like to just uh, whoever sh- I always estimate that more people will show up than I think will show up and that's always a better strategy for me yeah because that's just kind of how I was raised you know make more food than you think because you never know what's going to happen store it in the fridge and eat it for lunch yeah the there next you day. go there you go. So there's yeah, a, uh, you talked about doing like the Asian like the Asian flair on your fajitas yes. the on South First Street the there's a restaurant called Polvos oh, and they do yeah. their fajitas that way and it's I like need, like a soy it. sauce flavor to it almost and that's like my favorite fajitas in town. I need to go check that out. I hear they have Polvos. good margaritas as well. Yeah, yeah, I think an ocean the, the service is very poor. 
Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but the drinks Actually, are no, good. <laughs> at the bartender I used to work there, like, yeah, I can see why. <laughs> hey, shout out, Polvos. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're looking to sponsor these guys, it totally, yeah. you know, it's fine. <laughs> fine. They're good. It's like sponsors from anyone. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, BF, uh, FBF Law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for y'all. <laughs> no, that's cool. And uh, one question I want to ask is like, say the FBF Law, like how did that come about? Like, because you guys, I mean, I mean, you guys are actually sponsored by not just a company, but a law firm. I mean, I, you guys get like, hey, you guys can't, you can't say this or you can say this or let you guys be. No, they let us do no, whatever we want, man. Yeah, they're yeah, they're super cool. They've been really helpful and really supportive. And anytime we like, we want to meet with them to make sure they're happy. More, they're like, every time we want, they're like, yeah, we're fine. Let's just go go do whatever <laughs> you're gonna do. Like, don't worry about it. So they're super cool. So we got introduced through Chris Quinn, who runs the partnerships for Austin FC, who I've known for a little bit. And he's like, you guys should talk to these guys because they're just like into Austin FC and into the fans. And they're really cool people. And then. You know, we met them, and that's absolutely what it was. They're, like, really – they're just good people who are kind of looking to do stuff in a different way. And we, um, we heard it was an uh, injury law firm. We were like, we want to work with yeah. people like that. <laughs> you you see, like, the dudes – like I don't want to work somewhere like that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like the dudes, like, the billboards and the TV commercials. Like, I don't want to be associated with that. But then <laughs> we, like, looked up their brand online and got to meet with them. We're like, these are good people. Like, they're – they're doing it the right way, like the way that they show the chat. Like, yeah, actually, they're good people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> maybe uh, I keep wanting to name people's names, but <laughs> other people in that same racket, like, maybe could write a big enough check for us to work with them. But like with FEF, like it was, yeah, we like they, they're just good folks and they're doing it That's the good. way it's supposed to be done. So we didn't mind taking on somebody who's in that business. So it was, yeah. Yeah, but Trust that, them. That, that part of it is something we're not very good at. Like, we're not salespeople, and we don't. I don't know. Like, none of us want to make a call and ask people for money. So, yeah. like, I don't. Like, get, like that sponsorship part of it's like not. We just want to talk about soccer, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> for you know every week. And so that whole like the business side of things, we're not awesome at, and we probably never will be because it's not really what we care that much about. We have a bank account now. We do have a bank nice. account. And we, yeah, we're like officially a business. So we're Moon Tower Soccer LLC. LLC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to change right. the name of the show to that. Who's on your Who's on your books? I know a guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do you, you know a guy? I know a guy. We're not, I don't think we're going to make enough to have to pay taxes, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got two sponsors already. They're like two of our buddies, but they're like five bucks a month. Like, hey, we'll take it, man. Whatever. <laughs> I told my wife we got sponsors. Like, how many? Like five bucks a month. She's like, that's it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know what? It's a good thing. My wife doesn't listen. She has no idea, and she doesn't need to know. Like, whatever. We may sign some big sponsor someday, and she'll we'll, she we'll know. never talk about it. Yeah, she'll never know it. But so all of a sudden, be like, why do you have new everything? Like, I don't know, baby. Why haven't? Uh, yeah. Why haven't you gone to work at the insurance company? For <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you like? Why did you buy a Louis Vuitton <laughs> wallet? <Shut> up. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. No, that's that's pretty cool because I, I, I mean, I, I think like one thing that I would say like came out from that from you guys is like something natural and not something that you were looking for, you know, in a specific. But the fact that they're letting you guys be Moon Tower, that that's that's good. Um, and, and I'm glad you guys are still being, you know, as you guys want to be in a podcast without any any limitations of oh you can't say this or you can't say that. Um, Man, and I hope you know, like every every uh, every podcast out there, you know, like they learn from what you guys are doing, like especially 
how you handle everything. Because you guys have, I mean, for me, like the way I I look, I listen to your episodes, um, like for me, it's motivational and it's also like an inspiration because you guys are very, like you guys are very informative and, and you guys also like to talk and, 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 and joke and especially the Swoon Tower. That was my favorite one. <laughs> um, I was actually doing that when I was cutting my hair. So it's like two in the morning, cutting my hair, and like just about to cut myself because I'm cracking <laughs> on the spot. That's so, no, pretty cool, man. And, and you know, I just that's wanna, very nice of you to say. Yeah, and let's keep it up, man. I, I like you know, like I know, like here in Austin, we're creating some stuff, even like media wise. You know, the guys at Top Flight are doing some good stuff as well. So, you know, I'm glad, like you know, we got people that want to do something like this. It's cool that everybody's doing like kind of a different flavor, like, right. and it's like, I don't know, there's no reason to like be like competitive with right, each other right, right? like right. we can all kind of do it our own way and like people there's people who listen to to all of them and there's people who like jive with one of them and that's mm-hmm. fine if you don't like us great listen mm-hmm. to listen to it or not he's doing a great job right, right. like i think it's cool that there are people who listen to all of them and people who is like no no this is the one i like this is what i'm going to listen to right and i think the the audience balances you know between like the podcast like that we have in austin Cause I hear, you know, like, oh, you know, I listen to this one from this one. I had to listen to this one from this one, and they like what we're doing, uh, you know. Apparently, so that's good. That's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I just, I love what Landon has to say about this because there's just there's enough interest and time that like we should all. I mean, we should all work together. Mm-hmm. You know, we all benefit from people listening and and caring more and whatever. And like everybody's just got their own. Everybody's got their own voice. Does their own thing. There's not one way to do it. Like, and I think it's cool. Everybody sort of just. Is themselves, mm-hmm. right, right. What do you think? Okay, um, I'm I'm happy that you guys actually came on the show and and g- gave us a lot of your insight, man. I, like Richard was saying, um, just listening to some of your earlier episodes to some of the more uh, recent ones, I've I've seen tremendous tremendous growth there, and and I would hope that through our podcast, you guys have seen that too. You know, it's just it's just been kind of like a a good a good ways of uh, kind of getting inspired and bouncing, bouncing ideas, like seeing how you, your team does things, how top flight does things. And just um, the fact that we can all like work together, like in our own different ways uh, is something special. And I I think I I, I just can't wait to see how it continues to develop throughout this uh, season. Well, I, 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 what I really like about what you guys do about like the top flight guys do this too, but just like, the shows will just be in Spanglish sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's it's awesome. Like, that's that's the language of a lot of Texas, right? Right, so, for sure. Like, we clearly can't do that. But, like... El viajero, come on, man. El viajero. What did you speak in Barcelona? My Spanish, is, my Spanish is quite... It's, like, it's pretty good. good but yeah. uh, I, like, I don't know how to talk about soccer in Spanish. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'd have, I, would, I would definitely have to do it in Spanglish because, like, yeah. all the, like... In between words would be in Spanish, but then like I don't know how to say uh, "volley" or whatever. Like, there's like a bunch of words that Botadita. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, volea. 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 Okay. I tried to. I, I have some vocabulary, but like I can't speak about it naturally in Spanish. But anyway, like, I think it's just cool that like yeah. there's a lot of people like in this town and in this state that identify with that. That's the way right. they they grew up, the way they live their lives, and so I think it's awesome that y'all are just like doing that, like. Like, no, we don't have to stick to English. We just switch back and forth, yeah, and it's yeah. fine. It's kind of like talk about, like, you know, the way you talk every day. That's how it is. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It, feel, it feels like like watching y'all's show. It's like three friends hanging out. and Pretty like, much. And it comes across. Like, it comes across that way. Right. So it's cool. Yeah, like, we like having an, like, an outline, like, more as a guidance. But more also more like, you know what? Let's, sometimes 
we don't we don't follow the, the outline we just talk about like other stuff that's great and we, <laughs> unless we really like there's a quiet moment like okay so the outline was, was <laughs> <laughs> yeah man no but you know i appreciate you guys coming and and uh thank you guys for 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 everything and continue to you know to keep going at it um i know there's a lot of cool things going on that, you know in the upcoming season and yeah man that's you know like our friends are in Macala, like how they say in that in that, uh, in that song. So, yeah. Um, uh, thanks everybody. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been a great episode of Otra Por Favor, a collaboration here with uh, Moon Tower Podcasts. Um, please continue to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, slide into the DMs, you know, Otra Por Favor on t- at Twitter um, and. Uh, uh, Instagram. So, um, thanks, thanks everybody, and thanks Jeremiah, yeah. Brandon. Thanks so much, Cheers guys. You guys. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. And we hope to continue to cross paths and see where see where this thing takes us. For sure. I couldn't say adios.